0: Show
1: ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Shaluk, Look, Listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sure Look, Sure Listen. Sure Look, Sure Listen.
0: Sure Look, Sure Listen. Sure Look, Listen. Look, Listen. Listen. Oh, very exciting, Benjamin. Sure, look, we've got so... average amount of things to get through this week. (laughs) So let's get down to it. For example, the WGAs, the WGAs, Ben, are they still on strike or are they off strike by the time this is out? Who knows? Speaking of who knows, did I even watch the trailer for Percy Jackson and the Olympians? I don't remember. I think I did, but I might not have. And... There's another trailer for My Dream Scenario, Ben, which is a movie about Nicolas Cage being in everyone's dreams. Mm. And, and, another trailer for a new Netflix docudrama thing about Are There Aliens? But not only that, Benjamin, I have also seen the film No One Will Save You, a.k.a. There's Aliens in Your Gaff.
1: Michael, if that wasn't enough, what would you do if there was a pack of vampire hunters in your gaff?
0: Um depends. Am I a vampire in this scenario? Yes. Panic. I'd absolutely just panic.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. It's pretty bad, isn't it? If you've got a bunch of vampire hunters in your gaff and you're a vampire. I tell you what, Michael, yeah. that's the exact thousand year long scenario that's been going on in the Castlevania games for so long. And we're going to take a look at how all that started.
0: <laughs> Very good, Benjamin. As an analogy, Ben, how would you feel as a human if your gaff was full of human hunters?
1: Uh, I mean... <laughs> pretty bad. I'd have pretty, pretty poor chances of survival. Yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's the plot of the film. No one will save you. But we'll get to that later, Ben. Because first <laughs> of all, you're going to tell us what's going on with the WGA strikes. So that nearly works. What's going? On. So, oh. Michael, in a
1: in a in a big old win for the proletariat, or oh, almost not the
0: win, proles. Another blow struck against the brave capitalists of of film production.
1: Yes, the brave, weak-spined capitalists, as it turns out, Michael, because they've conceded on certain key issues in, the, in the Writers Guild of America strike, the WGA strike. Uh, yeah, so today news broke, Michael. Sorry, yesterday evening news broke at the time of recording uh, that there is a tentative deal on the table to end a 146-day strike. So long. Yeah, this has affected everything, Michael. Because new episodes of stuff couldn't be written. Huge shows like The Last of Us, billions, which is a show we have nothing to do with, Michael. But never very even it, heard of it. It's on HBO. It's, there's Paul Giamatti, who who you asked me to do an impression of earlier in the week. How's weekend. that coming along? I, I couldn't do. It, it's not great. It's not great. Oh, it's coming along. Huh? It's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah. I have had to watch uh, what anyone would deem a heft of Paul Giamatti-related content. <laughs> Just watch Lady in the Water on loop. It's mostly Lady in the Water and a
0: good heaping dose of Sideways. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's not having that fucking Merlot. Ben, tell us yes. about the SAG-AFTRA strike, though. So the sag after strike is not part
1: of this tentative agreement between the oh. Writers Guild of America and the execs.
0: Oh. Um,
1: so the Fat Caccios, Michael. Yeah have not managed to come to parlay with the SAG Afterstrike, which is the Screen Actors Guild of America. Uh, In this particular case, Michael... um, TV dramas and comedies will experience more delays because the actor strike is ongoing. What we're going to see, unfortunately, return first are all the bloody talk shows.
0: Oh, no, that's the thing. Nobody wanted to come back.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things that this strike has done, Michael, uh, is really show you the kind of people... ...that these late-night talk show hosts and daytime talk show hosts are. Uh, One of the big ones coming back, obviously, is Tonight with Jimmy Fallon... ...but that is in the midst of massive hostile work environment um, accusations... ...and uh, just a generally awful
0: vibe on set, Michael, apparently. Apparently the only good one is John Oliver, which is incredibly surprising... ...because he's English.
1: Yeah, and normally, Michael, traditionally in our experiences, our bloody Sosnick senses are tingling and we're there going, I can't fool me with your nice cushy working conditions. He seems to be the only nice one. He seems to be the only nice one, but the other person that kind of let fall the mask of humanity from capitalism, as it were, Michael, was Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore
0: loves money, Ben.
1: She attempted to bring her show back, only to have it picketed in the studio by the audience, Uh, and then uh, she attempts to bring it back, and then she issued a heinous, Michael, apology video where she claimed that uh, she's not a scab and it hurts her feelings to be called that, even though trying to bring your show back in the midst of a writer's strike is the very definition of a scab.
0: Yeah, if you don't want to be called a scab, maybe you should stop scabbing. Maybe you should
1: stop scabbing. And the irony of that, Michael, is if she had waited a week...
0: (laughs) Yes, go on. She'd be grand.
1: <laughs> she could have I just gone back great. on
0: television. It would have been grand. She'd be all right. Well, anyway, Ben, so it's not going to bring back scripted stuff. So this is only half the battle.
1: It's only half the battle, Michael. They still haven't sat down with actors to guarantee any AI kind of things. Uh, however, the Writers uh, Guild has secured uh, an increase in royalties from streaming content. No, oh, hooray. Yep. Um, and assurances that the use of AI would
0: not affect writers' credits and compensation. Ben... You can assure yes. anyone of anything; it's whether you follow through it that matters. But Benjamin, be quiet yes. for a second. Are the fat cats going to be paying for this?
1: Yes, Michael. their girl, own pockets. Those bready little kittens are going to have to pony up a bit of dough, as it were. They're good. You see what I did they're there? Very good. See what there
0: because yeah. they're bread. Because they're bread. That's it. You got it. That's one. fabulous. You That's got fabulous, it. Man. That is Ben go back to the right Go back to the running order I don't know what's next What's next Michael Is you <laughs> get a bloody sense upset. Of professionalism <laughs> Ben Yes The trailer for Percy Jackson Came out three or four days ago Yeah And I definitely watched it Yeah But even when I was watching it I was thinking I think I've seen this already Yeah we have But yeah. then since I watched that I don't remember anything That happened in it uh, Michael All I could think Yes, go on. In
1: 2023, I'm not sure we should still be throwing around the term Camp Half-Blood.
0: Go on. Why is I that? Just,
1: I just, it feels, uh, and maybe I'm just a victim of the liberal media, Michael. Maybe. Yeah, you're a libtard in I'm, a way. Yeah, as it were, right? A leftist cook, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. A real just, beta male. It just feels distasteful to be throwing around the phrase Half-Bloods. Yeah, but
0: they're half god, half human, then. I know, they're not Michael. like I know. They're not like half one race, half another race. Not like in not like what your people used to call half-bloods. But what do you mean my people? What do you mean? What do you mean what do you mean my people? Your the, people, the Protestants. The, 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 <laughs> Remember when like you'd make Catholics take the soup and then you'd call them half-bloods because they'd be half blood, half soup. And we just careened around the countrysides
1: in the only motor vehicles available <laughs> yeah. in the country and went, ah, yeah, very look at them, a lot of them. Ah. Benjamin, what's going on in Percy Jackson? <laughs> what Michael, it's, what? it's just another adaptation of the, the Rick Reardon novels that apparently cut a swathe through the US book market. It was really their Harry Potter, Michael. I just missed the Rick Reardon hype. Okay, I've never heard of him, actually. Um, Rick Riordan has written an entire sequence of Percy Jackson um, content, and Percy Jackson is loosely based on Perseus, Mm. uh, the famous monster slayer, most famous, perhaps, for taking on the Gorgon and winning
0: yeah you don't want if you're a monster you don't want a monster slayer in your gaff you don't
1: want a monster slayer in your gaff you're sitting there Michael and you're going oh maybe I'll just skip work today as a monster and I'll just roll over here get some show and then boom monster hunters in the front door and they're gone. Yeah, oh
0: bugs. Exactly. Ben when you say maybe I'll just skip work today as a monster do you mean like a studio executive yes a fat catio if you will very good. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't even know how this ended up on this running order. I don't care. I don't care about. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw my hands up in the air, Ben. I'm gonna risk the wrath of the listeners, and I'm gonna say I don't care about Percy Jackson.
1: Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't
0: care. I don't care about Percy Jackson. Uh, there is a. There is a.
1: <laughs> there's a rather interesting debate happening now, Michael. As as is often the case in in the world today, but one of the things that we're seeing in this trailer is they've diversified the cast. of of the Percy Jackson books. Now, this is important for a number of reasons. Number one, because the books were written back in the early 2000s.
0: There were no people of colour then.
1: Not a one, Michael. Uh, No, when Rick Reardon was asked about this, because he was asked about this, and he said, I wasn't really thinking about it. It was a very honest answer. And then they said, well, what are you going to do about it? He says, well, I'll diversify the cast in any adaptations that come up. And lo and behold an adaptation has come up and he has helmed a lot of this project in a way that he wasn't able to do with the 2000s movies. Hmm. Um... And what he's done is he's basically the quite, diversified the cast quite heavily. And the debate at the moment, Michael, is what a what a refreshing change of pace where someone is confronted on the fact that their book is a little bit white and they go, mm. oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't even think about that because I didn't have an evolved worldview at that point
0: because the whole uh, now, discourse hold, around diverse populations on, wasn't there. Hold on a second, though. Hold on a second. But this is one of the most controversial... This is one of the most least controversial things to diversify, right? Because this is set in modern-day cosmopolitan America, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. Ridiculous if that's not diverse. Absolutely. Like, probably should be about 60% white, 40% other. But it, my understanding of American demographics is correct.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. There's but there's another very interesting case to be made here, Michael. And that Greek myth would have been very diverse. We we have a very um, we have a very whitewashed view of it now because a lot of the translations that we encounter are uh, translated by white men at Oxford, as it were.
0: Well, yeah, well that's a common enough complaint. But I don't know if it would have been that diverse, Ben. It's just everybody would have been sallow-skinned Mediterraneans.
1: Well, no. One of the one of the main interesting things, based entirely on Perseus, Michael. Uh, Perseus went on to marry Andromeda.
0: Right.
1: Go on. Um, Perseus is famous for rescuing Andromeda from a uh, sea serpent. Go on. He encounters her on a on a rock, and in the original translation, um, Michael, she's described as a very very dark skinned woman. Um, and her kingdom is thought to be somewhere around the ancient region of Ethiopia at that time. Ben, However, yes, Ben,
0: when you say the original translation, there, there, that's contradictory.
1: The original texts, sorry, the original okay. texts, Michael, not the original translation. Sorry, the, the original ori- text is.
0: Is there an original text of this? What is the original text?
1: Uh, well, when we talk about Perseus in particular, Michael, um, yes. the one that we're basing it most heavily on, hang on, I'm looking it up here. Don't you dare move on without me, you son of a bitch.
0: Okay. I'm hanging on there.
1: Just spin your wheels and call me a racist or something while I look this No, up.
0: no, I'm not necessarily saying you're a racist. I'm no, you can. It's that, uh, fine. Just just do something so that I can look it up. I'm just saying that perhaps, Benjamin, um, the lens through which you look at something can never be... Written out, and sure, you could argue that um, white English scholars just assumed everyone was white and English like them. But you could also perhaps label the accusation that modern diversity first readings of things tend to look for the slightest hint that someone might have been anything other than standard Greek and Mm. run with it.
1: Yeah, okay. That's, I'll I'll take that on board, Michael. Herodotus is our original source for a lot of okay. Perseus, right? And then I'm afraid I'm having a very difficult. Oh, the oh, sorry. Homer also has quite a few references to him in the Iliad.
0: Oh, Homer Simpson, the famous character Homer Simpson.
1: Yes, Homer Simpson, not the great Greek scribe Homer. No, Homer no. Simpson. But anyway, Michael, anyway, Ben.
0: Yeah. Makes it, it, it Diversifying a cast in modern day America just makes so much sense that it's barely even worth discussing.
1: I, I can't believe we got that much discussion out of Percy Jackson.
0: Per, yeah, let's stop talking about Percy Jackson now because Nicolas Cage is in a new thing. <laughs> he is, Michael. Nicolas Cage is Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, he's like boring Freddy Krueger. <laughs> he's a
1: very pleasant Freddy altogether.
0: So what's going on? Is this another one of these A24s that you're always forcing upon me?
1: Yeah, so this is another one of those A24 weird gigs, Michael, is what we're dealing with here. Nicholas Cage seems to have become a bit of an omnipresent dream deity. Mmm, very exciting. Because he's just a boring normal man. He's just a boring normal man. That's the best part of this. Michael, this is a classic A24 bit. What if we took a schlub... And we, John Malkovich. And we put him in an extraordinary situation. Being John Malkovich. Exactly. This is very being John Malkovich, Michael. This is John Malkovich to a T. Being John Malkovich to a T.
0: Nicolas Cage is essentially playing John Malkovich.
1: Yes. But I, I think what's very important here, Michael, is he's not partaking. So the, he plays a college professor who suddenly finds himself... Appearing in other people's dreams around the globe. But what's important about this, Michael. Yes. Is that he's not present in their dreams. Yeah, it's nothing to do with him. Yeah, exactly. An avatar of him seems to be appearing in other people's dreams. But he has no control and no awareness of whose dreams he's popping up in. Brilliant. Brilliant. Exactly. And what's happening is, Michael, he decides to, to cash in on this. I think we're probably going to have a classic midlife white mediocrity narrative where this man basically feels like he deserves some fame and recognition. And he leans into this despite several people saying, I, I don't know if that's a good idea because we don't really understand what's happening here. And we don't yeah. know what people are dreaming about with you.
0: Why didn't you just start a podcast like the rest of us?
1: Why didn't you just handle your white mediocrity in the same way as the rest of us, buy a set of microphones, schedule a uh, bloody Google meet, and
0: yep. just just talk about stuff? Just Yeah, Ben, I'd like to point out that your mediocrity has nothing to do with being white.
1: Oh, thank you, Michael. That's very kind. Um, Michael doesn't see colour, ladies and gentlemen. A fact that he reminds everybody as, as he walks down the street.
0: No, I do. I see bloody colour. Look at you. You're like You're like a grey alien. You're so pasty these days
1: <laughs> we're not moving on to that yet Michael I'm not ready to move on from Dream Scenario See, okay go on keep talking
0: about Dream Scenario then we're just just fucking steamroller over my incredible segue
1: it was very very good we'll come back to it in a moment we'll have Nicholas Cage right, appear in your dreams tonight and say that was great you know, that was great mate great
0: take Loved it down it. a notch though Ben because he's boring in this he's just a normal man
1: yeah, it's true. He's, he's Michael. This is this is a phenomenal look at Nicholas Cage. Has just gone full circle yet again. Not two years ago, Michael, we were seeing mm. Nicolas Cage in bizarre knockoff Five Nights at Freddy films
0: <laughs> with slick back dyed hair, with
1: slick back dyed hair, karate chopping muppets. Yeah, and now we're Go seeing on. him in a kind of subtle take on. Virality on the internet, where mm. people lean into a video they've become viral for without understanding the nature of the virality, and secondly, trying to cash in on it any way they can and not understanding that people are possibly laughing at them, not with them. Oh, is that what it is?
0: I didn't realize. I think, so. Realize. Yes, yes, it think is. so. It is clearly. Yeah, I
1: think it's a. I think it's a look at, you know, if you were if you were. Filmed as a, a Karen, perhaps, and you decided yeah. to start a podcast off the back of that without yeah. realizing, you know, the, the thing. Or even Salt Bay might be a more relevant salt example. Bay.
0: No, because Salt, yeah, or you know that you know that old guy who's in the memes where he's kind of trying to smile but looks like he's grimacing from pain.
1: Yes, the old Swedish
0: gentleman whose name escapes me. Yeah, I think he's Hungarian or something. Okay. But Yes, I know. I know who you mean.
1: Yeah, so I think I think it's that. It's where people. Have overstayed Or over Worn out their joke Michael Like two white men Who started a podcast Seven
0: years ago So long ago Ben Back when we did podcasts Ben Only like a few People had podcasts TikTok wasn't a thing There was no TikTok even
1: There was no TikTok Andrew Tate Wasn't even On the scene A glimmer
0: A glimmer in Jordan Peterson's eye Ben (laughs) Not
1: even Not even Uh, But come here to me Michael Do you know Who's been a glimmer In Aliens' eyes For decades
0: I don't know, the CIA? I don't know, where are you going? Aliens,
1: Michael! Aliens! Oh, aliens.
0: Okay, aliens. Ben, I love aliens, as you know. You do. I love aliens. You're a huge And one fan of my favourite things that's been going on in the pop culture of the last few months is a resurgence of the alien abduction tales of my childhood. Excellent. Um, because, Ben, I tell you what, when I was a child, pretty much all I read were real-life encounters with UFOs. I was reading stories of World War Two pilots fin- seeing UFOs, Navy officers seeing UFOs, farmers in American Deep South seeing UFOs. No Irish people seeing UFOs. Irish people don't enough. see UFOs. They don't come to Ireland. No. <laughs> Wouldn't it be incredible if that's what it was? It wasn't that Irish people were either A, too sensible, or B, seeing fairy folk. That <laughs> it was just that aliens don't come to Ireland. There's no point
1: Pick your pick have, your odyssey blanket, do yeah, you know what I mean? They, like
0: they've got too much time. They've got too much to do harassing drunk yokels in the American South <laughs> to come here. So anyway. Yeah. One of the greatest things in the last few months has been the kind of un what's the word I'm looking for? Declassification of UFO documents. Yes. And obviously, Most of the declassification of UFO documents are either saying, oh, we know what that is, or it remains an unidentified flying object, Ben. And there's no doubt in the world that UFOs, in the sense of the term of unidentified flying objects, exist. Yes, they do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because sometimes there's something flying and you can't identify it. Absolutely. And that's an unidentified flying object. Yes, a UFO, Michael. Yeah, but they're not fucking aliens. Absolutely not, Michael. Not a chance. But anyway, Ben, it doesn't matter because the conspiracy lunatics now have declassified documents and people are getting to roll out their old stories again. And some of them are on Netflix.
1: Michael, do you know what's chapped my buns the most about
0: this? What has chapped your buns about this?
1: Is they, they've, they've latched on to a brand new one, which is non-human biological material. Horse jizz yeah so yeah pretty much michael (laughs) pretty much so they used to latch on to ufo and then we've kind of roundly rationalized that one to be
0: anything that we can't identify in the sky is a ufo no ben we haven't rationalized it that's what it literally fucking means (laughs) we haven't rationalized it to mean that that's what those fucking words mean Ben.
1: That's true. So the this, but this new one, Michael, is non-human biological material. Like it must be aliens. It's like no, we share the planet with several thousand creatures. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Horse, it's just horse jizz, just or a bird that hit the object at a
0: fast pace. No, just a massive splurge of horse jizz that like <laughs> <laughs> don't know where it came from. That's the real mystery. How much velocity is in a horse jizz? That's horrible. A lot more than we thought.
1: Anyway, Michael, this is Encounters, and basically, it's their ancient civilizations two documentary. Yeah, and can't <laughs> wait, Ben. When
0: I was when I was but a wee lad, I loved Close Encounters. I loved um, unsolved mysteries. Cannot wait for people telling implausible stories about why aliens probe them, come back.
1: But Michael. They know. Netflix knows because one of the voiceovers starts talking about an alien orgy in that trailer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, Michael. They're just making a show of these poor people who... They're just telling people stories, Ben. Oh, is that what they're doing? Is that what yeah. they're doing? No, for profit. They've- <laughs> yeah. They've never met a story they couldn't exploit, Michael. They've never met yeah, yeah. a story they couldn't exploit. They're just do telling you know-
0: people stories for profit and exploitation. That's all.
1: Do you That's know what? I- <laughs> do you know what I'd really hate, though? What would you hate? If I was in my house and say my alarm went off and I said, oh, I don't really want to go to work today. Yes, go And I was just about to roll over, Michael, and then boom, somebody kicked in the door and it was a bunch of aliens.
0: Oh, fucking aliens and they're human hunters and you famously are a human. Yeah, it's no good. Half-blood human. Half-blood human. um, yeah, Ben, so I have seen the film No One Will Save You. Which we only talked about a few weeks ago. It came out very quickly. They have to, Michael. There's no point in releasing things in the
1: cinema anymore because you can't get anybody famous to do any promotional material. Very good. There's nobody
0: famous in this, though, so that makes that pretty easy.
1: Oh, is there nobody famous in this?
0: Well, no, I don't think so. I didn't recognise the lead actress, and I've shockingly been, because this is the kind of thing I give you hassle about. I've forgotten her name. So here's what we're going to do. (laughs) Come on. Uh, we're going to discuss it a little bit broadly without going into spoilers.
1: Yes. And
0: then we'll go into spoilers. What a classic podcasting conceit. But here's the thing, Ben. There's something we need to discuss. Um, and I don't think it's a spoiler, but it wasn't revealed in any of the promotional material, as little of it as there was. But you can't talk about this film without... First kind of talking about the fact that it is a gimmick film, okay, so I'm going to reveal the gimmick, okay um I don't think this will ruin it for you if you're going to watch it because okay. it's almost kind of surprising that the uh the trailers and the the production doesn't really highlight this, but Ben, this is a gimmick film, and I'm gonna do it now here it comes so oh, I'm ready if you wanna if you if you wanna just see this movie apropos of no spoilers whatsoever you're gonna to have to go now. The time code's below. Um, but then this is no dialogue. Get fucked. There's no dialogue in this whole film. Nobody's saying nothing to nobody. No wonder they released it straight to streaming, Michael. <laughs> so, unlike, say, A Quiet Place, or John Skraczynski's Everybody Shut Up Now, as you call it. Yeah. Um, unlike A Quiet Place, there's no plot reason for there to be no dialogue. It's about mood and atmosphere and tone and undercurrents. Oh yeah, I love an undercurrent. You do, you do. So there, in in some places it's almost a little bit odd, it almost doesn't make sense for there to be no dialogue. Okay, it's forced sometimes. It's a little bit forced sometimes, but you can't talk about this film without talking about the fact that there's no dialogue in it. It's a completely, not completely, There's there are two two phrases are spoken, and they're spoilers so I'm not going to go into them. But It is a completely dialogue-free film about a young woman who's going about her daily business in a town where she doesn't seem to fit in and nobody seems to like her. Oh, yeah. And then, next thing you know, there's aliens in her gaff. Get out of town. What are they doing? And they are absolutely trying to get her. Oh, no. No. Yeah, yeah. And are they only trying to get her or are they trying to get everybody? Well, I can't tell you that without getting into spoilers.
1: This is but, very tough to do without getting into spoilers, Michael.
0: Yeah, no, it is very tough to do so without getting into spoilers. So I'm just going to tell you, I liked it. As you know, Okay. my favourite genres in the world are normal Earth, oh no, there's aliens, what's going on?
1: Yes, you do enjoy that. And
0: yeah, and this is that. So one of my very favourite genres and a really classic example of it, just, you know, without any dialogue.
1: Okay. Okay. So it's
0: a classic alien abduction film. That's really, I, I recommend it. I enjoyed it. Very good. It's creepy. It's, it's creepy. It's gross. It's exciting. It's tense. The aliens are weird and boogly. And yeah, it's good. Well, it does sound very good, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you want to hear some spoilers now? Yeah, keep going for me there, will you? Because I, I can't give you any really thoughts without getting into spoilers. Okay, come on. So here's the spoilers. We're going to get into spoilers. Ben, they're just grey aliens. They're the, they're the grey aliens from from bloody X-Files. They're the grey aliens from oh. probably the TV show Encounters. They're the grey aliens from XCOM. They're classic grey aliens. Okay. And i tell you what... This is one of the dumbest invasions of a planet I've ever seen. There's, <laughs> it's, it's a manual invasion. What do you mean it's a manual invasion? They're invading the Earth, but they're just sending aliens down to grab people. Oh, that's a classic. Ma- manually, with their hands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very, that sounds very effective, doesn't it? No! It's dumb. <laughs> it's so stupid. I don't know, that sounds pretty
1: it, genius to me, Michael. That's how I'd do it. It
0: works. It makes sense in a small town of about 50 people and you've got like 50 spaceships and you're sending one spaceship to just manually go down and get every person. <laughs> but you can kick the shit out of the aliens, Ben. You can just beat them up.
1: Yeah, no, that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Oh,
0: it's, a, it's an invasion on the level of signs. Oh, signs is pretty fucking bad. Do you want yeah. a drink of water? Imagine- Slap. Imagine if instead of, like, in science, it turning out that the water is poison to them or acid to them. Imagine if you didn't really need to do any specific planning. You could just kick the shit out of them. That's mad. It's like my teenage power fantasy, Ben. It's one of the ways I tried to stop myself from being afraid of alien abduction when I was a terrified child. By just becoming a toughie. So it's been my lifelong ambition, Ben. For aliens to break into my house And try and abduct me But them to just do it manually Right So I could kick the shit out of them Just kick the shit out of just them Just absolutely wreck their business
1: Michael, come here to me Lambaste me what with spoilers it? What's the symbolism of this?
0: What's the what's the crux? It's, it's odd So I kind of didn't like this bit about it But It seems to be that this young lady Bryn is her name Yes She's from Wales. Is she she's Wales? from Wales? Oh, I wish no, she's she was. not from Wales, but I mean Bryn is a Welsh name, isn't it? Famously. But Ben, she's uh she seems to be some sort of social pariah in the town. Classic. And she has some sort of trauma. Oh no, not a trauma. Exactly, Ben. And I think the message the message appears to be that the social isolation brought on by this trauma or brought on by whatever inciting incident caused her to exiled from the town essentially Mm. it is that's what's really harming her and the aliens trying to grab her are you know a a representation of the dangers of loneliness loneliness and isolation oh okay I see or or something like that but here's the big twist right it turns out the inciting incident was that when she was a child she got into an argument with her best friend and hit her over the head with a brick and killed her Oh, goodness, that's very violent. Very violent, but it has nothing to do with the aliens. And it's they keep kind of hinting at this great mystery of what's wrong with her and what's gone wrong in her life and why is she being targeted. But they're entirely unrelated. And then it has one of the single most mental endings of anything of all time. Oh, yeah, does she wake up and it was all a dream? They play that. They do a great She Wakes Up and It Was All a Dream scene. One of my favourite ever they wake, She Wakes Up and It's All a Dream scenes. Because, Ben, as you know, I was abducted by aliens as a young child. You were. And I had that waking up and um, it was all a dream moment. And they captured that, mamma mia, beautifully. Like a pizza in the paletano, Ben. Oh, gorgeous. Tidy. But, but, uh, here's the mad twist. You want the mad twist? This is fucking mad. Pure mad. They get her. Yeah. They get her eventually. They sent down this big, huge, long spidery fella. Like He's like three Slendermans on top of each other. Oh, we saw
1: him in the trailer a bit, didn't we?
0: Yeah, yeah. She kicked the shit out of him. The (laughs) first one. She absolutely fucking wrecks his day. And then they send another one after her. And how she doesn't just go, okay, let's get on with it. But anyway, they get her in the end. And they bring her up to the space station, Ben. And they probe her memories. And that's how we see the flashback where she hit her friend over the head with a brick. Okay. And they go. They seem to go. Ah. She's suffered enough. We won't assimilate her into our hive mind. What? We'll we'll send her back down. And we'll make everyone in the town look after her. What? So they body snatch everyone else in the town. But they leave her alone. And then they create a paradise for her where everyone in the town loves her.
1: That's very strange, Michael.
0: Yeah, so it doesn't. To go back to your question of what's mm. the point, what's it about, haven't a fucking clue. Yeah. When it was just about there's aliens in your gaff and they're going to get you, albeit manually, I oh, loved it. That's very strange, but Michael, isn't it? it? Its search for a message seems to miss the fucking point by a mile. Oh, okay. I don't know what it means. I do not know what it means. Other than the aliens were absolutely rubbish at abducting small women. Apparently. Dreadful stuff altogether. Dreadful stuff altogether, Michael. That's shocking. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, one of my favorite things about it, Ben, is that the aliens seem to be victims of other aliens, which is one of my favorite. Oh, that's good. actually alien. There's actually other aliens behind the aliens tropes.
1: Oh yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, so yeah, the yeah. grey
0: aliens and the various forms of them. There's one that's like a little orangutan one. Okay. And there's one big giant spidery one, but they all seem to be being controlled by some sort of parasite creature. Oh no. So that might be part of the reason they're so rubbish. Michael, I fucking hate Parasites. Oh, they're in your neck, Ben, and they're uh, all tentacles, and they're going, nah. Uh, yeah. well,
1: good, though, I enjoyed it. Well, that's, I mean, that's something. You know, that's
0: that's pretty good, Michael. I enjoyed it. The meaning was rubbish, and it is a gimmick film. But okay. it's still a good, there's some great shots there's some really fabulous uh, camera work. It looked um, very well written. It, well, uh, I don't know if it was well written, but it was incredibly sorry, well it, sorry, shot. Sorry, it looked
1: very well shot is what I meant to say, Michael. Yeah. Sorry. Like My... There's some
0: great shots of, say, you just see an alien's head peeping over the, the roof of a house. Oh, well, that's good. And you're like, was that an alien? And then he goes, "Net nah! And his two arms stick up in the, over his head and you go, oh, it is an alien. And then he goes, net 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 and he comes out from behind the house. And he wasn't on the house, Ben. He was as tall as the house he the whole time. He was as tall
1: as a house the whole <laughs> damn
0: time. And then she just kicked the shit out of him.
1: I like it. I like it yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's fabulous. I yeah. like it a lot, Michael.
0: An eminently survivable uh, alien apocalypse. Yeah, just fucking kick ass and eat bubblegum as soon as you're all in I don't know how. Gum. I don't know how they got anyone. Like... Competent and not alone. Yeah, I mean. Because they make such a balls of kidnapping a woman who can't be more than 50 kilos on her own in the middle of nowhere. So, how did they get like the sheriff's department? Anyone with a weapon. Anyone with a. You don't even need to be a weapon. She just kicks the shit out of the men.
1: Like, she beats them up. You'd be a very hard time for them, Michael. I don't know how they'd kidnap me.
0: Honeyed words?
1: Uh, may- yeah, maybe they just coax you in with a piece of of yeah. Honeyed vocabulary.
0: Yeah, mm. they'd be like,
1: and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, come on, I'll come along with you." Oh yeah, 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 we'll yeah, come yeah, yeah, with yeah. You, yeah. Can I see on the inside of the spaceship? Yeah, kiss can, can I? Can I have a go of the spaceship, please? Give us a look at. Give us a look at the inside of the spaceship. I just want a little go.
0: A little go of the spaceship. <laughs> a little, little go.
1: Um, come here to me, Michael. Come here to me. <laughs> Come here to me.
0: Michael. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why both of us found that so funny. But that was not amusing for the listeners. Just us increasingly childishly saying, I want to go to the spaceship. (laughs) I want to
1: go to the spaceship. There's one (laughs) listener somewhere kicking their heels up under their chair in delight. They've enjoyed that with us. I don't know who it is. If you could write in and let us know, that'd be great. Michael. What? Do you know what else the listeners could do for us? What a fucking
0: segue. <laughs>
1: Fabulous stuff. We've Just. been doing this podcast for a while, Michael. 101 episodes and counting. Oh, yeah. But shockingly, Michael, we still don't have that many reviews. Oh, that's terrible. It's not great. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been enjoying this episode or you've been enjoying this podcast for a while, maybe. Well, then what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, right? First we, of all. <laughs> first of all, we keep this podcast advertisement free. Not because we want to. nobody will sponsor us so what you could do for us ladies and gentlemen is get up on wherever you're listening be it Spotify be it Apple Podcasts be it Google Podcasts and leave us just a little review just a teeny tiny baby review Yeah. just let us having to sell out to big alien to big alien big grey googly oogly boogly aliens get get in touch and let us know your favourite oogly boogly alien in the review just do it that way if you want I don't care um Get up there. Give us five stars wherever you're listening. Or or four. We'll take four, but I can't. No, we,
0: won't. we will not.
1: I can't do lower than four. My no, confidence if, if it's can't. Take if
0: it's it. four, Ben, they might as well come to our house and just spit in our open mouths.
1: You may as well but, be vampire hunters and us vampires if you're going to yeah. leave us a four-star review. God that star that is just five stakes stuck together. That's yeah. all it is.
0: Right. Because you're fighting five vampires. Right.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of fighting
0: vampires... Oh, what a rubbish thing. Anyway. <laughs> you've, you've leveled that out now. This,
1: <laughs> this week, Michael, this week yes. we see the release of Castlevania Nocturne, the sequel series to the Castlevania anime that went for four seasons on Netflix. Oh, it's a new series, is it? Yes, it's a new series. It's a continuation of the story of the Belmonts. However, it is not a continuation of the story of Trevor, Seifa and Alucard.
0: Benjamin, you can't just throw out these names and expect me and the listeners to know what the hell you're talking about. I know, Michael, which is why this week we'll be doing a little bit of a deep dive on the lore of Castlevania. Now, that's how you do a segue, Ben. I'm available for seminars on segueing if anyone just wants to shoot me an email. <laughs> you're taking bookings now, are you? I'll take bookings from Big Alien. I'll take bookings from anyone, anyone who wants to sponsor the podcast. Right, Michael, uh,
1: this week we chose to dive on into this, and good God, Michael. What is it? The Castlevania thing's been gone for a while. 1986? 1986, Michael, saw our first ever installation of the Castlevania franchise, Uh, the the game that... (laughs) Do you mean installment, Ben? uh, Installation, no, no, it's an art piece.
0: it's an art piece. Very
1: good. Yeah, okay. It's an art piece. Uh, you're right, Michael. I meant installment. We saw the first installment of the Castlevania franchise, the one that gave us a brand new way to play a video game. Did it? Well, not a brand new way, but we got the term Metroidvania and we combined that idea of platforming in that particular
0: way. Uh, yes? I'm going to stop you there. Aw. I'm going to stop you there, and I'm going to save you from the internet because they're going to get you All for right, saying that. All right, go on. You will you because the very first Castlevania was not a Metroidvania Shit. game. Shit. Um, do you know what Metroidvania means? Kind of. So, Metroidvania is a term that came quite a bit later. Yeah. And it's a it's a term referring to games which combine action platforming, exploration and gradually getting further powers and keys and abilities that let you go back and explore the same area again and explore more of the map oh, and very so good. the map yeah so the map grows as your character grows in power and experience lots of games had concepts like that in the old days lots of like old old games wonder boy in dragon's quest i think it was called or in Dragon's World, on the Sega Master System had a format a little bit like that. Even um, even the bloody Scrooge McDuck, even the DuckTales game on the NES had a format a little bit like that. But there was no term for Metroidvania, because the Metroidvania term only really came around from two games. And they were Super Metroid on the SNES, which is really the, the defining game of the, the series, and Castlevania Symphony of the Night on the Sony playing station and the Sega Saturn station. And they're the two games that are generally considered the ones which, when you take them as a, as a whole, are Metroidvania. But Castlevania, the first Castlevania on the NES, it's a Castlevania game, but it's not a Metroidvania because it has six linear stages where you play from the start to the end you don't backtrack, you don't increase your powers and go to new areas. So I'm only saving you from the internet there Ben.
1: Well Michael you've made my job as a, as a podcast one minute chunker much easier. That was a fucking top class explanation of what a Metroidvania is. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah but
0: there, there'll still be people who say that bits of that are wrong Ben.
1: Ah, yeah. Well, look, that's the internet, Michael. The only thing they can't stand more than being racist and misogynistic is being wrong. And that's, you know... <laughs> can't be wrong on the internet. can't be wrong on the internet, Michael. That's not allowed. Not allowed. Very good. Um, but anyway, come here to me, Michael. I had a little look at the deep lore here, and it, it all gets a bit confusing, Michael. Go on. It all gets a bit confusing. So you're you're absolutely right. 1986 is the first time that we see any kind of Castlevania... Mm. Yeah, and it's a great old time That's Castlevania 1 Theoretically, Michael Yeah, or also known as Castlevania Yeah, so Count Dracula is fully revived By the forces of evil for the second Time, and Simon Belmont defeats Dracula once more But in the wake of Dracula's death Is stuck with a classic old curse Oh no Now, Michael, the problem with launching A game based on the resurrection of Dracula Hmm
0: Means that you go, Well, what happened to him the first time? What happened to him? What happened? Could we see a could we see a prequel maybe where we find out what happened to him the first time? Yeah, could we please find out what any of that is about? Hmm. And then
1: Castlevania's creators, Konami, went, Yeah, well look, I tell you what, we'll just go thousand or hundreds of years back and we'll go from there. It's like, no, that's not what I want.
0: I just want to know what happened the first time. Why is he being revived? And mm. they said Go- you could take a pretty good guess, though, that he got beaten up by vampire hunters. Yeah, yeah, no, he did, yeah, he got beaten up by vampire hunters, Michael, which you like, it's just not good, Michael. They're in his gaff. It's just not
1: good. Um, But it turns out, Michael, that that is, th- theoretically, right? Yes, go on. Theoretically, the mm. first defeat of Dracula takes place in Castlevania Three. <laughs> Dracula's, Dracula's Curse. Good which was released 3 years after well 4 years after Castlevania 1 which was in the 1990 in 1990. So in this case Dracula has been doing a bit of genocide of the human race. Yeah,
0: I'm still there. I, I think Castlevania 3 was 89. But let's just say because let's just say something for for the sake of modern gamers who are have born, who've been born and have grown up in a world where games come out on the same day in different countries yes the, the 80s and 90s were a very different world and many times a game wouldn't come out for several years after it was released in Japan it wouldn't come out in the west and it may well come out with a different name and sometimes even different graphics and sometimes with a different number in the sequence because they might skip two. And then when they release three in Japan it's two in the West. So all the dates we're going to be saying are very much approximates.
1: Anyway, that's all I had to say.
0: No, it's very good. Um,
1: but come here to me, Michael. Dracula's what? Curse is quite important because in Dracula's Curse we're finally introduced to the magnanimous Trevor Belmont Cypher Belmendez and bloody Grant the Pirate. Grant the Pirate. Grant the Pirate. (laughs) Well, he's my favourite character. Yeah, so this is the first time in the Castlevania franchise, Michael, in 1990, where you can kind of switch between characters as you play along. And then they eventually encounter Alucard as well. And Alucard is Dracula's son uh, by Lisa Tepes. Now, Mm. for anybody who's listening to me summarise that game, they go, I've seen that before on Netflix. Yes, you have. Season one of the Netflix anime and a lot of the characters of that season is heavily influenced by Curse of Dracula from 1990. Mm. Um, It's where we got the core cast of characters for season one of that particular anime. Now, Michael, that released in real time in 1990, but the game in canon, takes place in 1476. Fucking ages ago. Ages ago. Now, 1476, Michael, is centuries before 1691 which is when the original Castlevania game takes place
0: Japanese people have very hard time with the concept of a son
1: they they don't like it this got me scratching my head Michael because I have seen Dracula's Curse in the anime form and that's fine and they always go on about the Belmonts Michael and they say oh the Belmonts did this and the Belmonts did that and the Belmonts hate Dracula and I found myself going Michael why? Who are the Belmonts even? Who are the Belmonts even? And why do they hate Dracula? Michael, we had to wait a full 13 years after Dracula's curse to find out who even are the Belmonts. I thought they were just a bunch of Dracula hunting boys. I thought they were just a bunch of vampire hunters in Dracula's house. Yeah. Is that not what it is? That's not what it is, Michael. So, Michael, this brought me down the rabbit
0: hole of Castlevania lament of innocence. Oh, yeah. So this is from the the post symphony of the night era of castlevania games where everything had to be something of the something
1: exactly michael exactly so this this was released in 2003 on the playstation 2 and it is in canon the first installment of castlevania
0: no, it isn't, Ben. The first installment of the Castlevania was in 1986. What are you talking so, about? So,
1: in this particular case, this is the origin story of the Belmonts. And so, technically, on the timeline, it's the earliest introduction of the Belmonts.
0: Oh. Yeah. What were they called back
1: then? So, they were still the Belmonts. Oh. The Belmonts. Disappointing. The Belmonts have always been the Belmonts. Now, Michael, this establishes two important tropes. Go on. In the Castlevania franchise. Number one. Dracula is a tricky, tricky bastard. Oh, he's so tricky. He's so fucking slippery. Like Neil. Like Neil. Go on. And number two, fuck me, you wouldn't bother to be a woman who knows a Belmont. No.
0: <laughs> get straight in a fridge. <laughs> straight in a fridge. Now, there's no fridges, Ben, in the 1470s, but straight into the outside.
1: Michael, we might have to come up with a new term for what this franchise does to women because I'm going to explain the plot of Lament of Innocence to you. Right? Okay.
0: Leon Belmont. A classic tough guy name from the Middle Ages. A classic
1: tough... Everybody was going around being called Leon. It was very common. Yeah. Leon Belmont, Michael, is a classic crusader smiting heretics for the Empire. Oh yeah, he's in a Warhammer, is he? He's Warhammer. He's pretty much Warhammer, Michael. And then he has a good old pal called. Uh, oh, I'm going to slip past me here. It's Matthias Conquistador, or Con. Con I, he has a V somewhere in his name. That's very hard to get, <laughs> but for the purposes of this.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we've just watched Ben live diagnosing himself with uh, dyslexia. There,
1: Yeah. Um, for, for for the purpose of this, it's Leon and Matthias, and they're the best of yeah. pals. They're two pals, and they have a strong bond. Do they ever kiss? They don't kiss, but it's you know, it's it's one of those heavily tensioned PlayStation Two games oh, that good. made a lot of oh. young men question their sexuality. Oh, very good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, everyone's very slim and lithe, and there's a lot of mm. a lot of whips. But anyway, come here to me, Michael. They're the best of pals, and unfortunately, when they come back from smiting some heretics, Michael, yeah, it turns out that Matthias's wife has died. Oh no, of vampires? No, she's gotten a plague.
0: Oh, terrible.
1: Yeah, it's a classic plague. So anyway, Michael, he's very upset. He's very upset. And what we learn about Matthias is he was essential in the war, Michael, because he was a great strategist.
0: Oh yeah. With a genius level intellect. What was he doing? Was he saying, "There's lots of Arabs over here. Let's go and kill them. Just go and smite them." Um, yeah.
1: And anyway, Michael, it, it's very sad, Michael. And then, and then, what happens is Leon is like, "Oh, I'm really sorry, but my wife is fine."
0: <laughs> My wife is fine, and she's fine. <laughs> she, she,
1: fine mm-hmm. pH, mm. she fine with a PH, Michael. Um, she's fine with a PH. But then, Michael, wouldn't you know it, there's only vampires roaming around the countryside when the lads return. And wouldn't Fuck, you know I mean, it, Michael, the vampires. vampire of the yep. era is Walter Bernhard. <laughs> Classic vampire name, yeah. Classic vampire name,
0: Michael. So many Walters in vampire mythology. So many. This is fabulous. This is like... This must be how ridiculous it, is. it sounds to Japanese people when Westerners make up Japanese stories with Japanese names. It has to be the same. It has to be the same. It has to it be. Has to be. Yeah. So, Leon and Walter, anyway, yeah, go on.
1: So, Leon and what? and uh, uh, Matthias discovers this, and he goes to Leon and he says, Oh, no, your partner's been kidnapped by a vampire. And, oh... Bloody Leon Belmont's not too happy about that, Michael. He says, well, that's me done with heretics. I'm bloody focusing on vampires from now on. (laughs) I'm mixing it up. I'm following the algorithm. So, unfortunately, Michael, by the time he tracks him down to the castle of the the forest eternal, right? Terrible name because it's neither defined as a castle nor a forest. We're not really sure if it's a forest that looks like a castle or a castle that looks like a forest. We don't know. It's not made clear. Sounds
0: like... Sounds like a great place to have a game.
1: Sounds, yeah, it's very obscure. Really, whatever you need. It's a bit like a room of requirement from Harry Potter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, what happens is, Michael, he goes and he realises what's happened to his beautiful, beautiful partner. And sorry, Sarah is his betrothed. And he he only goes and finds out he's too late. The vampire's after biting her. Oh, no. Yeah, Michael. It, which is kind of a classic, Michael, isn't it? The, mm. the, uh, the one thing I like about this is the, the vampire wasn't waiting for some obscure reason. He wasn't like, oh, well, I'll wait until Belmont enters the castle and then I'll give her a nibble. No, in this case, he was like,
0: oh, no, I drank her like almost immediately. Straight down to biting. Straight in, no kissing. Because that's what I do. I'm a vampire. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway,
1: Michael, he comes across the castle, and then a series of classic Castlevania japes occur, and he has to fight a bunch of monsters, and he meets weird characters along the way who give him
0: a hand. Right. So when you say he comes across the castle, then you mean like he he like he finds the castle. You don't mean it in the sense of like a horse. Oh like no, horse that, jizz. That's no. Yes, no. He doesn't spray the castle. No,
1: no. Um, So, while he's in this, Michael He encounters Rhino Gandolfini No, he doesn't He does Rhino Rhino Gandolfini
0: Oh, Rhino, va bene Okay okay. And Rhino's an alchemist Okay, I thought you were going to say alcoholic No, he's not, he could have been But he's an alchemist, right? Rhino's an (laughs) alchemist Like right, so anyway, the the
1: algo. He comes across Reno Gandolfini, right? Oh Jesus. And Reno yeah. Gandolfini says, Oh no, my friend, you've made a mistake. Uh, you are trying to kill the vampires with the sword because uh, it works on the heretics, but it no not work on the vampire. No 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 And Leon goes, Well what does work then? He goes, Ah, oh, the whip of alchemy and he pulls out the whip of alchemy, Michael.
0: Alright, okay. I thought the vampires were just fetishists. No, <laughs> He pulls out the whip of alchemy, Michael, right? And the
1: whip of alchemy does a pretty good job, Michael. But then, unfortunately, he eventually reclaims his
0: beautiful bride, Michael. What's wrong with her, though?
1: Ah, oh, she's already on the way to vampirism, Michael. Ah, oh, fucking classic. And we've just realised that old Walter Bernhard, accountant and vampire at law, <laughs> he's uh, he's pretty tough, and the, uh, the whip of alchemy... Uh, doesn't actually do a great job of taking him on and he looks at Ryan and he goes what the fuck and Rhino goes mea culpa mea culpa I'm sorry I didn't know uh, but anyway he does have I'm a I'm but a simple merchant yeah, exactly he says, and a racist stereotype <laughs> and a racist stereotype and he says uh, but uh, maybe there is something we can do what you can do is uh, sacrifice a loved one and they will go into the whip and the whip will be better Oh, that doesn't sound like a great deal. (laughs) It sounds fucking awful. Bit thanos Sarah, being the wonderful European Countess that she is, goes, I'll do it. I'll I'll go into the whip. I'll uh, put me into the whip. Yeah, and Leon goes, great, yeah, I need an upgrade. Cool, thanks. So they perform this ritual and they transfer the soul of Sarah before it's corrupted completely to vampirism into the whip. Oh, that sounds useful. Now, Michael, that whip is the same vampire-killing whip that has passed down from generation to generation to generation of pelments. Oh, very good. Every whip you've ever seen in a Castlevania game is the soul of Sarah inside the whip. Classic incredible stuff michael so i think we're going to have to come up with a brand new term not only is this sacrificing a woman for the plot it's making a woman's sacrifice integral to every single plot after
0: stropping maybe stropping the woman ben in the game bionic commando yes isn't the isn't the bionic arm his his wife
1: that's that's worse i don't know why I think that's worse
0: isn't it i don't know i I, I think it is. But, Michael, it gets better. It gets better? Okay. It gets
1: better. Michael, you may have noticed that uh, old old Matthias has been oddly missing. Where has he gone? Michael, it, it comes to the end of it. And in fairness, the Sarah death whip makes a short work of old Walter. Oh, very good. Yeah.
0: And, Michael, then death
1: appears in the game. Oh, a classic Castlevania trope. A Cas a classic Castlevania trope. And he says, uh, "I've to take this soul now, this vampire." And Walter goes, "What? Me? Me?" And then he goes, "Yeah, I've to take it to my new mas- master." And Leon goes, "What do you mean, your new master?" And then Michael, right over there behind the curtain, it's only old Matthias Conquistador. <laughs> Oh that fucking sneaky fuck I knew it was him Matthias Kongfist Bloody Strategist at large uh, One half of the famous accounting firm Walter and Matthias Oh And he's there Michael And he goes Yeah it was me all along I've decided to take up a pact against God For taking my wife from me a little too early And I've turned to vampirism Oh I knew he was a vampire the whole time And do you know what do you know what, yes. Leon? I'm going to make you a little offer. Why don't you join me? Go on. And Leon goes, get fucked, mate. Get fucked, mate. I'm fucking played by Jason Statham. I'm played by fucking Jason Statham. You made me sacrifice my woman on Into a Whip there, didn't you? Oi! Uh And that was a bit more Danny Dyer than Jason Statham. <laughs> um, a little bit. But yeah, I, I'll take it either way. And he goes, no, I won't be doing that. In fact, my entire bloodline is going to dedicate themselves to taking you down, you son of a gun.
0: Yeah, I always loved that my bloodline will will um, was going to take you down because like in reality that would never work would because I'm a disappointment to my parents. I know <laughs> you're a disappointment to your parents. I know that for a fact. <laughs> so like, how would you ever get a whole bloodline to commit to tracking someone down? You wouldn't, Michael. But come here to me. The best part is,
1: the best part is Matthias goes, oh yeah, and Leon goes, yeah he goes oh yeah he goes yeah was i don't like matthias it's not cool enough so from now on you can call me vlad oh oh he's dracula he's dracula
0: (laughs) oh that's dumb that's so dumb (laughs) now you've nearly got me back on with the bloodline now because they'd want to track him down for that being so dumb (laughs) so that's who he is matthias conquest that's ridiculous yeah is dracula
1: and Dracula goes on to be an absolute prick.
0: <laughs> so Leon is like, Leon's talking to his son and he's like, okay, son, you're going to be the next Dracula hunter. And his son is like, no, dad, I'm going to college and I'm doing an arts degree.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be a And band. I'm going to make my
0: own way in the world. And Leon's like, now, hold on a second. Can I just tell you that Dracula's real name is Matthias? <laughs> and he changed his name to Vlad Dracula. Oh. And then his son went, fair enough, then. Gimme give gimme give Ma in that whip.
1: Uh, it's it's shocking, Michael. It's shocking. Um so you know, we go from there, we get uh Dracula's curse, which is the original death, and that's Trevor Belmont to send Leon Belmont who takes care of that one. And then Oh he's
0: the one who finally gets him. Trevor's
1: the one who finally gets him in the end, Michael, with Alucard and Cypher Belmontes, And they get hitched very much like they do in the series. But, Michael, that's only the tip of the iceberg in the Castlevania canon. It's absolutely insane. We have to wait centuries for the events of Castlevania Nocturne to come along. Because, very, very famously, another character in the Belmont family, kind of one of the core characters, is Richter Belmont, Michael.
0: Oh yeah, he's from Rondo of Blood.
1: Yeah, so he is. Um, he comes in, He comes about in Symphony of the Night, Michael. Does he? Oh no! Wait, hang on. I have that wrong. Sorry. Ah, oh, shame on me. I said it. He you Rondo did. of Blood. Rondo of Blood from It's from nineteen ninety three. You're absolutely right, yeah. Michael. Rondo of Blood, and Michael, that's seventeen ninety two in canon. Okay, so it's years and that years that- later
0: that's close to
1: early modern it's close to early modern we're very on the money so this is the character here michael um and in this one michael he faces off against the evil priest shaft oh yeah who is the man that will resurrect dracula shaft shaft so that's that's what happened there and he's helped by maria renard Mm. who's a young woman with kind of magical powers Mm. Um, and that's that's where we go from there, Michael. And th- those are going to be the events of Nocturne. Now it looks like the anime series is loosely basing it there, Michael. Um, oh, is it? Yeah.
0: So Nocturne's going to be based on Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night.
1: Yeah, we we I don't know if we're getting Shaft. Okay. I hope well, we are. Is
0: is it, is it? It's going to be Richter, Maria, and um, Alucard.
1: I I would say Alucard might make an appearance, but it is going to be definitely Richter and Maria.
0: Oh, very good. Yeah. Yeah. How exciting. That's what we're dealing with. But Michael, there's too much lore to cover in one podcast. Absolutely, because we haven't even talked about what's the reason for all of the bloody monsters of an entire mythology are in Castlevania. Yeah, we didn't even get to the Morrises. We didn't even get to bloody Quincy Morris. We didn't get to Quincy Morris, lads.
1: What a joke. But we'll do this again another time, Michael. We might have to do it in November, because we've got quite the lineup over the next couple of months.
0: For spooky stuff. Of spooky
1: stuff. Starting with an absolute classic for the first week of October, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be doing it a little exhumed, but not on a movie this time, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be taking a look at Over the Garden Wall. Ooh, how exciting. Yeah, so we're going to be taking a look at that, and we're going to be starting our brand new Things Go Bump in the Night series, where we take a look at a bunch of Irish horror films. How egg Absolutely. The first one we're going to be taking a look at is The Hole in the Ground, all about a weird, bloody, uh, uh, creepy child. Oh, a creepy child changeling sort of situation with Shauna Kerslake from Tala. Yeah, from Shauna Kerslake from Tala, and directed by Lee Cronin, who recently did the Evil Dead reboot. Yeah, and isn't from Tala, but is quite local. But is quite local. So ladies and gentlemen, you can tune into that next week. If you'd like to get in touch with us about this week and share your thoughts on how the Matthias and Wills uh, and William uh, accounting agency was run in Transylvania during that period, <laughs> uh, you can do so in a number of different ways. You can find us on the interwebs at s e o m r a b e a g dot g.com.
0: It means room Irish. Ben, who the fuck is William?
1: I don't know. What, what did I say? What was it supposed <laughs> to be? I can't
0: remember. <laughs> Walter? Wasn't Walter?
1: It? it was. It was Walter. Jesus Christ! I can't even keep my own podcast right. Um, <laughs> come here to me. Come here to me. What? Come what? here to me. You can also get in touch what? with us on our Acast website, which is Your, luck, your Podcast at acast.com. Yep, you
0: can't. I've never looked at it. You'll be talking to Ben.
1: You'll be talking to me, um, ladies and gentlemen. You can get in touch with us on Instagram at Your, luck, your Podcast. Yes, you can. You can get in to touch with us on TikTok at Shalookshalisten. You can. It's Going very well, apparently. Go, going just grand. Um, and then, ladies and gentlemen, you can also get in touch with us in the most directive ways possible by hopping up
0: on the Discord. Hop up on it. The link, as always, is in the description. You're absolutely correct. Ladies and gentlemen, that's
1: all from us. I'm off to go and hunt some vampires in their own home. <laughs>